when it comes crashing down and it hurts inside. The adorable boy's gotta make a stand. It don't help to hide. I got something deep inside me, Jim Cornette. Adorableness is the thing that keeps us free. Welcome to the Adorable Boy Podcast. Thank you for joining us. I'm going to get right into it this week because I'm all fired up. Um, I'm going to start right off with Cornette Tober. Don't worry, I'll give you the rundown in a few minutes. I know you're all accustomed to that. I haven't deserted you. But this week, um, the, the Cornette Tober takes a, 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 a specific... I take a specific interest in this week's Cornette Tober because I uh, had a, a fan, one of the best adorable boy disciples, reach out to me on Twitter... I'm not going to give their name because I don't know that they want uh, to be bothered. But let me tell you, this person is a great American. And I'll leave it there. Great parent, great spouse, great person. This person dropped a dime to me this week. And what they wrote is, I need an adorable boy podcast. Jim Cornette is annoying me. Now you're going after my friends, Jim. You're going after the most important people in the world to me, the adorable boy disciples, so much so. This person took time out of their day to tell me that they needed some, some respite from your kowtowing. I won't let it stand, Jim. Cornette Tober, okay? You can't go after my adorable boy disciples. You've crossed the line, but don't worry. You can't hurt them. You can't hurt me. Coming at you, Jim. More Cornette Tober. Bringing it to you. Stay away from the disciples. Don't make an idiot out of me. Not that you could. That was kind of a cleaned up Paul Anka quote. But anyway, you got me so mad, I'm, I'm thinking everywhere. But now it's time for laser focus, Jim, for Cornette Tober. And we're going to start it right now. This week I suffered through another Jim Cornette podcast. I, I labored through it. And it was kowtowy as ever. So here's what we do if you're new to the podcast. If you're a new adorable boy disciple, I welcome you. And make no mistake, you have protection from the kowtowing Jim Cornette. Okay? I'm defending an, a, one of the number one adorable boy disciples with this, with this Cornette Tober. And I will do it every, each and every week, as I have done. So here we go. Cornette, more nonsense. It's a wrestling podcast. But I'm going to... All the clips I have don't really sound too much like wrestling. To me, anyway. I really don't have much to do with wrestling at all. So here we go. And this is... Uh, Jim is going to explain how digital pictures work. Because this is, you know, 2005 and people need that explanation. But here we go. Frankie Beans, hit it. The pictures, they don't go on film, as I mentioned. They go on a little chip in the camera. And then Stacy would download the pictures onto her computer. He sounds like he got cut off there. You really need to... Uh, do better editing these clips, Franken means. Anyway, I, Jim, I'm going to give you some advice because really that's what I'm doing also. I'm, you don't know it, but I'm helping you. P podcast listeners, and believe me, I understand them better than anyone. I've been doing this since I was 18, period. Podcast listeners want to hear old stories about wrestling, you know, from, from when you were relevant. They don't want to hear how digital camera works. They all pretty much know. Not, not everyone is as out, as out of touch as you are with technology and with podcasting. But I mean, this this buffoon thinks that it is, I don't even know how long this podcast is. It's like four hours or something, or, or maybe it's one hour and it felt like four hours. But anyway, 
they don't want to hear about how digital cameras work, Jim. They want to hear about Harley Race fighting, you know, the Midnight Rider to a draw in Madison Square Garden, 1972. That's what they want to hear about. All right, next clip. All right, so next clip is, let's see, what do we got here? Um, Jim's camera desire, more cameras. Okay, that's what wrestling fans want, Jim. All right, here we go. Hit it, Frankie Means. But I would like a camera with a lens and a viewfinder. That's it. No one cares, Jim. No one cares what kind of camera you want. And a camera with a lens and a viewfinder? I don't know. Seems like every other camera I've ever heard of. Other than, like, the little stupid ones. But, Jim, no more camera talk, okay? And I know you're not going to listen because you're a cow tower. But I, you can't say I'm not doing my, my part. I'm trying to help you. Even though you've disrespected the adorable boy disciples by annoying them. This is what you get, Jim. But if you, if you were just, if you weren't a cow tower, you could take some positivity out of this. You could take my criticism. I'm not even asking for a consultant fee. But you won't do that, Jim, will you? Will you, Jim? Will ya? All right, Frank and Beans. Next clip. All right, in this next clip, Jim turns to talking about smartphones. More things that his listeners already know about and also don't want to talk about. He's not going to talk about Haystack's Calhoun taking on Tony Atlas at the Philadelphia Spectrum. No, no, no. That'd be, that'd be giving his fans what they want. What he's going to talk about is the intricacies of smartphones. Go ahead. It's her phone. It's some kind of... It looks the same. It's rectangular. It's got the screen on it. There's no buttons. It just pops up at random on the screen. If you handle it wrong, there's on the side that you can... You can depress and then sh other shit takes place. I had to edit that uh, just so you know. Jim was using his potty mouth again. No surprise. Cow tower. Um, the, so let's, let's go over what he just told his wrestling fans there. The phone is rectangle. Wonderful. It has a screen and a button. And a, and a camera, I guess he said. Well, who cares? Every single listener has a smartphone. They're probably listening to you on their smartphone. And you're going to explain what a smartphone is and looks like? Jim, what are you doing? You're knowing the adorable boy disciples maliciously. Even though you don't know them. I just can't handle this, Jim. And I won't. I won't handle it. That's the difference between me and you. I'm not going to run away. I'm not going to allow you to pester the adorable boy disciples with your kowtowing. All right. Next, next clip. Okay, this is a question that no one's asking about his podcast, and you, I'll explain why in a second after I play it. Now. What? What are you laughing about? Nothing, Jim. No one's laughing. You're no one's laughing. No one's learning. No one's really doing anything. Your podcast is the equivalent to cotton candy that tastes like sewer water. Sewer water cotton candy. That's how you should, that's how you should market your podcast, because that'd be honest. No one is laughing, no one is learning, no one is caring, Jim. No one. You're just kowtowing. And it's starting to affect me personally. Well, not just, it's, it's always affected me personally. It's starting to affect the adorable boy disciples personally, and I protect them. That's what I do. I won't stand for it, Jim. I don't want to hear about your cameras or your phones, or and no one is laughing. <sighs> All right. 
I think we just got one more here. And then, uh, of course, the compilation of nonsense. So here we go. Frank and Beans, hit the clip. Well, I can't frame the computer and stick it on the wall. I can't put the computer in my pocket and carry it around with me. And I can't flip through the computer with my fingers uh, while I'm wearing my bifocals watching the tellular vision. You know, Jim, if you had all of these ridiculous insights, you know, just one of them per podcast, it'd be no big deal. But you put all of these together and they, they form the meat of your podcast. And what do you have? You have a podcast where you're explaining 20-year-old technology, where you're describing the technology to, that everyone has, and where you're telling that you can't frame a computer. Of course you can't. Why would you? You can't put, you can't, what are you doing, Jim? This isn't 1984, you know? You're not managing the Midnight Express against, I don't know, Rocky Johnson and Pez Watley. What are you doing, Jim? You're kowtowing. That's what you're doing. I'll answer it for you, because I know you're not going to answer it. You hide from the adorable boys, but we know every salvo gets to you, Jim. Every salvo of Cornet Tober, every 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 observation I make, you you have to make a decision in your mind. Should I take this constructive criticism to heart and make myself better? Or should I continue kowtowing? And every single time you choose to continue kowtowing. You can't do it forever though, Jim. There is no there is no loss for the adorable boys when it comes to Cornet Tober. Just want you to know that. And stay away from the adorable boy disciples. And I know you're not physically going near any of them. But I'm saying they don't want to be affected by your, your kowtowing. And this sweet, sweet listener who, who, who messaged me. I have to protect all of them, Jim. All the adorable boy disciples. Especially what, what, who I would describe as a general in the army. Though this isn't an army. I talked about that last time. Um... I'm going to protect them. I'm going to, I'm going to defend them from kowtowing because that's how I roll. All right. Now we have the Cornet compilation. We're going to round out this Cornet Tober with just a, a collection of nonsense from his podcast. Um, and I guess all I have to say with this one is that it's pony time. It's pony time. Indeed. Hit the clip, Frank. I thought you would Pony time is my digital camera. Pony time. I, I want to take some pictures in Florida. We could, Pony time, England. Pony time. I don't know how many pixels I need to take pictures of a fence. Pony time. Constructive fires. Pony time. Silly boy. Pony time. I can be unbloated. Pony time. Playboy. Pony time. The Joker laugh. Pony time cowboy hat pony time the stench of grizzly death topped with hot garbage pony time oh hell no pony time 15 minutes pony time cowboy hat pony time pony time pony time pony time pony time indeed indeed jim a lot of nonsense there and i bet you're mad that i put it all together and I'm bringing your kowtowing to light. That's what it's for. That's what this whole thing is for. All right. All right. Well, you know, I got worked up there. But, you know, that's what this show is. It's emotion. It's, it's a human experience is what it is. And 
as you all know, all of the adorable boy disciples, I like to cleanse, cleanse the palate with some inspiration after I'm done with Cornet Tober. So, without further ado, we're going to go to John Cena's inspiring tweets of the week, tweet of the week, to cleanse this, this sick, this sewer, cotton candy sewer water. This sewer, cotton candy flavored sewer water, that's the one. We're going to cleanse that from our palate with a little bit of John Cena's inspiring tweet of the week. John Cena's inspiring tweet of the week. John Cena's inspiring tweet of the week. It will inspire you. He will inspire you because he's John Cena and this is his expiring tweet of the week. John Cena will inspire you with his tweets. All right. If you notice, we're no longer doing the state-sponsored tweet of the week because, I, I don't know, it just ran its course. We're back to just the uh, regular inspirational tweet of the week. All right, here it is. John Cena's tweet. It's incredible what can be learned, achieved, and experienced if genuinely committed. That's You know what, John? Your career is a testament to that, and I think this podcast is a testament to that. I mean, building every day. You know, we, we had our, our, our big, you know, celebrity years. You know, where you couldn't go to a gas station in DeKalb without seeing an adorable boy commemorative glass, you know? And that was great. We loved that part of our career. But I love this part, too, where I'm building the podcast and the millions and millions of listeners every week tuning in, telling their friends, passing on the word. It's just great. And that's where we want to be. And and what? how did we get that? As John Cena said, we, we were we learned, we achieved, and we experienced. Why? Because we were genu- genuinely... Committed. So John Cena, once again, inspiring, inspiring us. Helping us to be a better podcast. And I like to think, because he follows us on Twitter, I like to think that we're helping him be a better actor, celebrity, wrestler, everything. Friend, brother, son, whatever. I think it's mutual. I think this is a mutual benefit. Mutually. Ooh, that was rough. Mutually beneficial relationship between the Adorable Boy podcast, John Cena, and the world. Don't forget the world. Okay. Moving on. Let's do the rundown. I want to do the rundown, and then we'll probably take a break. I think that's a good idea. And then we'll just get into more content, quality podcast content. All right. Let's see what we got on the show for you today. We did Cornette Tova. We did John Cena. All right. Then we have, when we come back from the break, we're going to outline some steps that Joe Biden has taken to stop Russia who, as you know, is invading the Ukraine. Uh, we got our radio legend, Witticism of the Week, Anthony Cumia, Compound Media. Um, we're going to introduce a topic that I think, and maybe there's some opposition to this, but I think it should be taught in schools. I think that this history needs to be taught, whether it's true or not. And it's called Adorable, adorable Boy Theory. Um, then what do we have? We have ways that we could transfer our COVID worry into World War III worry. That's an interesting one. I'll explain that later too. I think Vito's going to stop by. I don't know why. I never really do anymore. He's probably not going to cook. There's nothing set up in the adorable boy kitchen. I checked before I came in. Uh, then we have the new, I think, I don't know if I teased this last week, but I meant to. Uh, Dr. Steve tribute. 
It's going to be a weekly thing. Dr. Steve now follows us on Twitter. I'll explain who he is. He's a great doctor. An angel of a man, really. We're going to go to the heartfelt apology. And it's to a pretty, uh, a person with some pretty big status. Randy the Rocket Rosenthal also has sent in uh, a promo that he cut. I don't know. He's somewhere in uh, Nicaragua. Nicaragua, I think. But he sent in a promo because he really had something to say. We're going to do some adorable boy advice. And then we're going to hit the news. A lot of news going on. Especially about laptops. But we'll get to it. Okay, so all that and more coming up on the Adorable Boy Podcast. And right now we're going to throw it to break. We hope you enjoy it. The Adorable Boy Podcast coming back after this. Nancy, nice to be with you as well. I want to know, what is your favorite memory? Something maybe that somebody doesn't know yet about the eight years that you had with Alyssa Milano, Judith Light, Danny Pitaro, and Catherine Hellman. No. I think the, probably the thing that really thrills me the most is how well uh, Alyssa and uh, Danny uh, turned out. Yeah. You know, Alyssa just had her, her daughter, Elizabella, and, uh, and Danny uh, uh, recently was uh, married, and uh, he's doing well. So I'm really proud of the kids. It's really something, I mean, they're not kids anymore, but I'm proud of them when they were. Hey, Tony, who's, who's the boss now plays in rerun six days a week on All right, let's get to the commercials. Live read time. Love our sponsors. Love our live reads. Bunny meat. Love it. Now, at first, when you first hear this, you're going to think this is a place to get your, your bunny meat. Don't worry, Vito the Vegan Guido. It is not. Bunny meat is a place for single bunnies to meet other single bunnies. And um, I don't know of anything like this anywhere else. So if you're a bunny and somehow you're listening, go to bunny meat and, and meet your soulmate. That's the thing about them. There's a lot of, the thing about bunnymeat.com is there's a lot of other dating sites for bunnies, I guess, and humans um, that just want, you know, a quick thing. Mr. Right Now and not Mr. Right. Am I right, ladies? But anyway, uh, that's not bunnymeat.com. Bunnymeat is, is for bunnies who are looking for a long-term relationship. And that's it. I mean, if you're a bunny and you're listening, which I highly doubt, Go to bunnymeat.com. That's B-U-N-N-Y-M-E-E-T. Now, that's not a real website. But go there and meet the bunny of your dreams, bunnies. That's it. All right. The Adorable Boy Podcast coming back. All right. We are back on the Adorable Boy Podcast. Thank you for joining us. About to get into it. All right. Let's see. What do we got here? Yes, steps Joe Biden has taken to stop Russia. We all know Russia has invaded Ukraine. And, you know, the, the tensions are high around the globe. No one quite knows what's going to happen. But um, we have a few ways. A few, you know, it's just some take it or leave it. Take this advice or leave it, uh, President and we'll see, you know, 
I guess in the future we'll see if you do and I, I'm going to pretty much say if you do it'll help a lot so let's see here we go first one explore the feasibility of sending corn pop in to smooth things over now corn pop um, I don't know he's someone from Joe Biden's past and he sounds like a upstanding fellow so send him in why not see if he can talk to Putin talk some sense into him you know corn pop all right, next thing. He should buy an atlas to find out where the Ukraine is. He really should know where it is. That's going to help. He can, you know, make strategy and stuff. Uh, I think he should give one of Hunter's expensive paintings to Putin to see if it'll calm him down. Because apparently they're fetching, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. I don't know. They, they look, uh, I don't know. But they look pretty amateur to me. But hey, maybe Putin will like it. Maybe it'll soothe the savage beast. That's what art is for, Right. Maybe he shouldn't, and this isn't on the list, but maybe he should even send the Adorable Boy podcast over there. You know, maybe we can smooth things out, get some peace in this world, right? The next thing he should do is blame it on Trump. That always works. And they're doing it right now, and it's working famously, I guess. So just blame it on Trump. It's it's his fault somehow. Something he did two, three years ago made this happen. It wasn't terrible foreign policy for you know, however many years. All right. You should ask the Taliban for advice. The Taliban did pretty well uh, handing him his lunch. So see if they can ask the Taliban what to do with Putin. You know, you couldn't hurt, I guess. Uh, next thing is fly vehicles, weapons, and piles of cash to Russia and leave them there. Just do it. I mean, again, we, that's what we did with the Taliban. So maybe it'll work with Russia too. I don't know. We really can't be more embarrassed. So... Try that out. All right. Also, spend $3 million on a committee who has a sole purpose of finding a way to blame this on Joe Rogan. I mean, that seems to work. Let's blame it on Joe Rogan. Get the tension on him for a while. Freeze up you to do other things. You know what I mean? I'm sure there's a way you can find... I'm sure there's a way to blame this on Joe Rogan. Just find that. Get a committee. All of them thinking together. The next thing you should do is also enlist some more help. So I already told you about get, trying to get the Taliban to help him. Ask Antifa for help. Why not? And they might not answer because according to the president, they don't exist. But see, see what you can do so you can get done. And the next thing, and the final thing, and I think this is the most powerful thing, the most powerful tool at Biden's disposal. He should call Putin and just say, come on, man. Boom. War over. Violence over. Just do it. Just call him and say, come on. Eh. Eh, come on. Come on, Vladdy. Eh. How about we stop the killing? Don't even say that, though. Just say, come on, man. Much, much more powerful. So there you go. Take it or leave it, President. That is my suggestion for what you should do to stop this Russia thing, to avoid war. There you go. All right, moving right along on the Adorable Boy podcast. We got to keep it moving. Got to steer the ship. And a few weeks ago, a radio legend followed the Adorable Boys on on Twitter. Um, his name is Anthony Cumier from Opie and Anthony. Radio legend. One of the funniest guys out there. So we've decided to dedicate a segment to him on the Adorable Boy podcast. So here we go with the radio legend's witticism of the week.
Okay, so last week I kind of read what Anthony said on a show once, and it was fine, you know. Rave reviews for the podcast, by the way. Thank you all. But this week I figured I'd just play it. It's better to hear it. So I'm going to set this one up a little bit. This is from 2013, and they have this um, recurring character on the show, you know, a woman. She's a real woman. Her name is Stalker Patty Brooksy on Twitter. Wonderful lady. A lot of comedic content provided by her. But anyway... Um, she was talking about her finances and her credit cards and stuff like that. So the three voices you will hear, well, the four, I guess, is Stalker Patty. Then you have Opie, Opie Radio on Twitter. He does the Opie Radio podcast. Uh, then you have Anthony Kumi, of course, compoundmedia.com. And you have Jim Norton, who's a stand-up, jimnorton.com. Um, go see him. He's very funny. He also does a show on Sirius XM, which if you're familiar with this show, with, with the Adorable Boy podcast, as you are, you, you know, we've talked about them before. Jim is a great stand-up, great radio. He's just a very funny man. Anyway, here we go. Going to play the clip, and uh, it is the radio legend's witticism of the day. Here we go. Hit it, Frank and Beans. What, what do you owe to Capital One? Oh, I use uh, a credit card for some things like uh, we know. The medical. What's bill. in your barren womb? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's a good. People one. What's in your meat wallet? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> As you can tell from the up- uproarious laughter there, you know, it doesn't get much better than that. That's a witticism that only one of the funniest men could have come up with. So, Anthony, we thank you for following us on Twitter. We thank you for being a radio legend. Compoundmedia.com. Great shows there. Not only Anthony's, but a whole bunch of others. You got um, comedian Pat Dixon, who's hilarious. You got, you know, just everyone. They're all awesome. Gino and uh, Aaron Berg in Hot Water. Very funny shows, all of them. Also, if you know, if you're listening, I'm sure you are. Really miss the East Side Dave show. I don't know the situation. You know, he uh, the, he had a show that went out, that was on there and it uh, left. I'm sure he's still friends with Dave and everything. I know he is, but East Side Dave is just a legend. East Side Dave is one of the funniest guys on the planet as well. I'm, I don't say that loosely, but East Side Dave is great. Type him into YouTube and you'll find everything. Uh, go on Twitter. He's just type in East Side Dave. I'm sure you'll find him, but. He's, he's amazing. One of the greatest, one of the best radio guys ever. All right. Now, yes. All right. Very important topic here. I'm going to switch gears from, from levity to seriousness. Now, a lot of controversy of what should be taught in school. Should it be up to the parents? Should it be up to the teachers? You know, teachers are educated. They're experts. But the parents are the ones who are guiding these children's lives. And do we really want to change that is the thing. So, you know, what is the balance of say that the parents should have in what their kids are taught and that's a great question I don't know I don't know the answer I'm a shock jock so you know whatever but I do there's this new theory coming up and and some great minds brilliant minds have come up with it and I think that it should be taught in schools there's some controversy but I think everyone's going to win I think this will improve education as a whole if this is brought to the children at a young age so I'm going to read you some definitions read you some information on this and I think that you should all support this being taught in schools. Parents, teachers alike. I think this should be something we can, they can converge on and say, yes, hold this up. This, is, this education is for the betterment of the children, of education, of our country in the end. So what it's called, it's called adorable boy theory. And I'm just going to read you a definition of, of, you know, the scholars have come up with. All right, ready? Here we go. Adorable, adorable boy theory 
is a cross-disciplinary intellectual and social movement of adorable scholars and activists who seek to examine the intersection of adorableness and law in the United States and to challenge mainstream American liberal approaches to adorable justice. For example, the ART, adorable, ABT, Adorable Boy Theory, conceptual framework is one way to study how and why U.S. courts give more lenient punishments to kowtowers from some podcasts than to the adorable podcasters who don't kowtow. It's really just justice. That's all we want. Kowtowers should be punished. And they shouldn't get lenient punishments. And while, while other adorable podcasters who aren't kowtowing get shadow banned and get harsher punishment, punishments and have to deal with the idiots on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and all that. By the way, uh, that potato podcast guy is on the line again. He's been on the line since the beginning of the show. Uh, maybe we'll take his call later. Who knows? Um, so anyway, this is adorable boy theory. And you know, we need to teach the kids that just because you're adorable doesn't mean you're inferior. In fact, adorableness is something to strive for. It really, that's the, the crux of the of the theory. You should try to be adorable. You shouldn't try to kowtow. Kowtowing is detrimental to everyone. It's degradatory to society. So that's all we want to do. Teach kids about that. There's literature out there. There's, and we can, we can go over this literature in the weeks to come. Right now, I just want to introduce you to adorable boy theory. Um, all right, here's some more information on it. Scholars of adorable boy theory say that adorableness is not biologically grounded and natural. Rather, it's a socially constructed category used to oppress and, oppress and exploit people of ex excessive adorability. Now, I mean, some people are more adorable than others. That's true. But in our society, it has, we have come to persecute the adorable. Adorable. That's what I just said there. Adorable. That's a no. Um, and I don't, want, I don't want adorable people persecuted. That's it. That's the you know, adorable boy theory in a nutshell. Um, let's see, they go on. Uh, it's a socially constructed category used to oppress and exploit people of excessive adorability. I read that. And that adorableism is not an aberration, but a normalized feature of American society. There you go. We should, adorableism is natural. We shouldn't be trying to suppress it. According to adorable boy theory, negative stereotypes assigned to members of minority adorable groups benefit kowtowing people and increase adorable oppression. Why would we want to oppress the adorable? I don't know, but that's what we're doing. And we need to stop doing that. And the best way to do that is to teach the children. They're the future. They're the ones that will either be adorable or kowtowers in the future. They carry on. We need to, to teach them. Adorableness is a virtue. Uh, what, do we, what else do we have here? Individuals can belong to a number of different identity groups. The concept of inter-adorable sectionality, one of ABT's main concepts, was introduced by legal scholar Spud Adorableski, who was my grandfather, actually, truth be told. My grandfather's a scholar, Spud Adorableski. And he pretty much came up with adorable boy theory, though many have picked it up, and we're, you know, espousing it here. So that's it. That's adorable boy theory in a nutshell. I think we should teach kids not to oppress the adorable, my opinion. And they should strive to be adorable, in fact. So we have some uh, suggested adorable boy theory works here. There's adorable race theory for parents. That's by Spud Adorableski. Um, how to be less stupid about adorableism. That's by Spud Adorableski. 
Uh, adorable microaggressions. Not by Spud Adorableski, by someone else. And adorable is as adorable does. These are all, uh, you know, things that you can read that really keep, that really educate you. That's the word I'm looking for. Educate you about adorable boy theory and why it's so important. So there you go, adorable boy theory. We're doing our best to, to, to improve our country by embracing the adorable and shunning the cow towers and punishing the cow towers as they should be punished. Not, har- not more harsh, not lenient, adequately. And that's it. That's adorable boy theory in a nutshell. So there we go. We'll move on. We'll, I'm sure we'll talk more about that in the coming weeks and months and years on the Adorable Boy podcast. Get those works, though. Read them. Educate yourself. Even if you don't agree with me right now that adorableness is a virtue. And apparently some of you don't. I don't know how, but it just seems like truth to me. Okay, moving on. Switching gears here a little bit. We all know that there's a war going on, Ukraine and Russia. Um, Russia invaded Ukraine. And it has a lot of people worried about World War Three starting. And, you know, I guess that's a real threat. I hope it doesn't start, obviously. I think everyone does. Everyone that's not a dum-dum does anyway. Probably Potato Podcast. I wonder what his appear, uh, opinion is on it. But anyway, well, maybe we'll talk to, about, to him about that later. Try and... Because, I mean, he called last week and it was just a disaster. But we'll try. All right, so anyway, um, we're going into World War III. We just came out of a two-year-long pandemic, and some people think we're still in it, but whatever. Um, but what we need to do, what important part of, of our culture here, we need to find a way that we can transfer our COVID pandemic worry to World War III worry. We always need to be worried about something, to, be, to fear something. We need to. As, as a country, our consciousness needs to be preoccupied with death and, and, and the, the, the most terrible things in life. So I'm going to give you guys a way to switch that fe- COVID fear to World War III fear. We want to help it easily transition to get into the next fear safely and, you know, fearfully. So here we go. These are some, a, few, a, a few suggestions. And I think if we do this, we can make a smooth transition from COVID worry to World War III worry. All right, here we go. Use the term WW3 as much as possible. We really, we really want to fan the flames of this war, make it seem like it's inevitable so that, you know, the global catastrophe will, catastrophe will happen. So it's constantly saying just, just, it's a little thing, but it builds up if all of you do it. So say World War III, it'll help us to do that. Keep that trending on Twitter. That's it. Just keep that going. Because that's what we need. Um, all right, next one is, instead of hating people for not wearing masks, transfer that hate. Use that same hate, but but have it for people who don't have the Ukrainian flag posted all the, over their social media. You really need to hate people. That's a very, very big part of fear, of a culture of fear. You need to find a target for your hate. People who don't wear masks were easy. You saw them, you know, you could hate them. Now do that to people who don't overtly and ignorantly support Ukraine. And I'm, saying, I'm not saying supporting Ukraine is ignorant. I'm just saying that these people don't know why they're even doing it. But do it. Support, put the flag all over social media. Hate those who don't. Boom. Smooth transition. Taking the hate from one situation, transferring it to another. All right. Um, also, if you can call them a Nazi, do that. Because that's, that's the best. Anyone 
who you want to hate, call them a Nazi. We call people who didn't wear masks Nazis. Call anyone a Nazi, you know, if, if, they, if they argue with you at all. Let's call them a Nazi. That works. Uh, say that the unvaccinated should be drafted into fighting the war. Um, well, and part of that is hoping for the war. So we need, that's a big part of the fear, too. You need to hope for this global catastrophe, for this, this, this world history uh, event of death. And then say that people who, for whatever reason, chose not to take a vaccine with nine single-space pages of, of warnings just released, say they should go fight the war and, and, and then hope they die. Because that's good. We, as a society, we want to hope that, every, that everyone who doesn't completely agree with us dies. So do that. Uh, let's see. Uh, disregard the potential loss of lives because, you know, it won't be you, hopefully. I mean, at least not for a while. And then, you know, you'll deal with it. But just disregard the potential loss of lives. Don't even think about it. Don't consider those people people. You know, you do it well with abortion. Do that. Uh, then also, again, make sure to blame Trump for something once every hour. Now, that could be verbally to your friend, on Twitter, on Facebook, anywhere. Just blame Trump. We need that in the, in the ether. If you need to just write a note to yourself to blame that blaming Trump for something, do that. Because it goes up into the ether and, it, and it, con- it contributes to this this thick fog of hate and fear. So do that. Blame Trump. Uh, let's see. Next one. Uh, instead of calling people you, do- you don't like the unvaccinated, call them Putin lovers. Whether they love him or not, call them Putin lovers. So if, say you're at the deli and they give you the wrong sandwich, just scream, you know, Putin lover, Putin lover. That's it. Do that. Someone roots for a different team than you. Putin lover. Boom. Easy transition. Easy. A lot like the thing with the masks. Take that hate and transfer it to Putin lovers. Just change the words is all you're doing. Still the same spirit behind the hate. All right. Talk about how great Kamala Harris is, uh, even as she slurs and embarrasses her way through Europe. You know, keep talking about what a great leader she is and and all that. Um, Never stop doing that, no matter what she does. Along the same lines, the next one is... Praise Biden for being composed and decisive despite every indication to the contrary. It doesn't matter what he actually does. Just keep saying that he's doing great. Easy. You know, we you did it with, again, this is kind of a transfer. No matter what Trump did, you said it was terrible. Now, no matter what Biden does, say it's great. Easy. Really easy. All right, next one. Oh, and this is the last one and the most important. If you need a culture of fear, if you need a, a, a fog hanging over everyone's head to make them forget about the good things in life and focus on potential war and, you know, now instead of the pandemic, never, ever stop hating. You must hate. That is a, the biggest part. Never stop hating. We need that hate so we can control people. Nothing, nothing contributes to fear like hate. Hate who you have to. Hate who you can. You know? Tolerate who you have to. Hate who you can. There we go. And follow all of these steps. And we will transfer great from this culture of fear about COVID to a culture of fear about nuclear war. There we go. All right. Vito is walking down the hall. Bring him in, Frank. Let him in. I don't know why he's here. I don't know what he wants, but he's here. Um, yeah, Vito. Hey. Yeah, just sit down. No, I'm I'm sick. I can't shake in. Uh, no, I don't, I don't do that. No, just sit down. 
Uh, Vito is removing his leather coat, placing it carefully on the back of the chair. All right, Vito, so what uh, What can we do for you? Yo, Spud, how you doing? I'm doing fine. What, um, you know, we got a busy show. Can we move it along? Uh, easy. All right. You know, Spud, I wear leather. And a lot of people outside say, you're a vegan, you can't wear the leather. And I say, why in you's business? What's the matter you? I'm one of the country's foremost vegan voices. If I want to wear leather, I should be always wear, I should be able to wear leather. Am I right? I'm always getting stopped. And they're, oh, you know, leather jacket, leather jacket. You shouldn't be wearing that. You're vegan. I think that being vegan is important and everyone should know that I'm vegan. But if I need to wear a sweet leather jacket or a pair of boots, why, why are you busting my stuffed peppers? Leave me alone. You's got it, capiche? Huh? Is that all? Okay. Is that all you wanted there, uh, Vito? That's all I wanted to say, but I'd like to visit you. I got some vegan la- rack of lamb back there. Oh, with the mint jelly and the wine. It's so good. Okay, Vito. You know, you don't have to come in every week. It's it's fine if you don't. Yeah, but then who's going to talk about the vegans? No one. No one has to. Oh, Spud, you vazabudoo. Okay, I'm going to get out of here. I got to... I gotta go buy a sweet button down. I got a date with a goyle. Well, she's a lucky lady, Vito. All right, thank you, Vito. I didn't even play your music this week because I'm just, I don't know. I'm kind of tired of you. Oh, Spud, you was a And remember, yous can eat meat, but yous don't have to. Okay, Vito, thank you. Thank you. Sorry, I just smacked my lips on there, but I don't know what to do when Vito's in here. He's leaving it right now, putting on his leather jacket, walking out the door. All right, we can get on with our show. I don't know why I feel the need to continue to entertain him, but I, I do. There's something, I don't know. There's something entrancing about his stupidity, and he just shows up every week. No one asks him to, but anyway. All right, another thing. We had another follower, another famous follower follower on Twitter last week. Name goes by the name of Dr. Steve. He's a... A, an actual doctor. He's in uh, palliative care, I think. And he used to call into the Opie and Anthony show all the time. Very funny man. And he's an angel of a man, really. He's just the best guy you'll ever meet. And I've never met him, but I've interacted with him on Twitter and stuff. And he follows us on Twitter. So I can only assume he's an adorable boy, disciple. And we want to honor him. Uh, so here we go with uh, Dr. Steve's disease of the week. Dr. Steve will be calling us to talk about big balls. The purpose of this bit is to not only educate, but to honor Dr. Steve. And we're going to educate you and honor Dr. Steve by explaining a, a malady that is called ascites. 
and uh, it is spelled A-S-C-I-T-E-S, and it is when too much fluid builds up in your abdomen, belly for the layperson. Uh, this condition often happens in people who have cirrhosis, which is scarring of the liver. Uh, a t- sheet of tissue called the peritoneum covers the abdominal organs, including the stomach, bowels, liver, and kidneys. The peritoneum has two layers. Ascites happens when fluid builds up between the two layers. Uh, risk factors include alcohol use, fatty liver disease, hepatitis B, and hepatitis C. Okay, so, you know, if you drink, this is something, if you drink to excess, this is something you might have to look out for. Uh, build up of fluid. Thank you, Dr. Steve, for following us. Thank you for being an adorable boy disciple, and thank you for being an angel of a man. And now we have learned something. Thank you, Dr. Steve, wherever you are. Oh, also, uh, listen to Dr. Steve on Weird Medicine. Type that into Google. I'm sure you'll find him. I think it's still on Sirius XM too. at some point. I should have probably looked that up. Next time I will. But anyway, give it a listen to Dr. Steve. He's the best. Dr. Steve will be calling us to talk about big balls. Flood. Flood. Passive scrotal edema. Wonderful. All right. Moving right along. We're going to take a break right now. Uh, let's see. We have so much more coming up for you, including the heartfelt apology. Uh, we have we got an audio clue from the adorable boy fugitive. We'll definitely uh, play that, and we just want the adorable boy back. That's it. Still got Randy the Rose, Rosenthal, Randy the Rocket Rosenthal, and his promo that he cut. And then we uh, got the advice, and then we'll talk about the news, and maybe we'll take a call from that podcast guy, that angry podcast guy. All right, thank you again. Thank you so much for joining us on the Adorable Boy Podcast. We we will be back. After this. Somebody's been doing some shopping, and that means somebody's been doing a lot of walking and getting more and more worn out. Because by the time a woman assembles a complete spring wardrobe, she's generally covered a lot of floor space in a lot of stores. So it's little wonder that smart shoppers everywhere take time out to pause and refresh. Where else but in the fountain where they serve ice-cold Coca-Cola? Almost everyone appreciates the best, and the bright tang of Coke is always welcome after a busy day of shopping. The bracing sparkle and the bit of quick energy you get in Coke makes it the perfect refreshment every time. It gives you a bright little lift. It brings you back so refreshed so quickly. What the song says, 
is really true. There are times every day as you work or you play when a pause would be welcome to you. And it's then that you find the bright thought in your mind that only a Coke will do. Fifty million times a day, at home, at work, or on the way, there's nothing like a Coca-Cola, nothing like a Coke. I love listening to those old commercials for entertainment value. All right. Let's see. Live read 101032 Fun. All right. Hey, have you heard about 101032 Fun, guys? It's this crazy new thing that helps you save on all your calls. Everyone likes to have those long conversations on the phone with your old relatives. But let's face it, we don't know how much longer she has, so we got to get all those calls in, right? But then you never like getting that telephone bill at the end of the month. You know, it makes you say, come on, why are you holding on so long? I love you, but get going. But now because of 10, 10, 3, 2, fun, you don't have to wish death on your, on your older loved ones. It's great. You just dial 10, 10, 3, 2, fun, then four, then, ha- then the hashtag, the pound sign, whatever you call it, then five, nine, two, one, four, then the number. And you're going to save on all of your local and long distance calls. You know, you got to give this a try. If you have family, Give it a try. 10, 10, 3, 2, fun. Stop wishing death on your loved ones. We are cooking on the Adorable Boy Podcast. Thank you again. I'm very, I'm, I have a lot of gratitude towards all of the Adorable Boy disciples. And I think that's why you all have such fierce loyalty to the podcast so all right next next bit of entertainment we got the adorable uh, adorable boy heartfelt apology uh if you're not familiar with this we've decided that we should just apologize before we do anything because that's the easiest way and hopefully it'll keep us out of trouble uh, we're shock jocks we don't work blue as our friend dennis falcone would say but we just you know we we feel like being proactive in our apology is the best way to go. So we just pick someone and apologize to them every week. And this week, I promised it was big. This apology goes out to the president of the United States of America, Mr. Joe Biden. Um, and we set out the press release. You can see that on Twitter. I'll put it out there everywhere, all your media outlets. And I'm just going to read it here and the apology will be done. It'll be out there in text form too. And we'll be done with it. Okay, here we go. I'm going to read it. The Adorable Boy Podcast apologizes to Joe Biden. The Adorable Boy Podcast, purveyor of quality content, continues the heartfelt apology series with a letter of contrition to President Joe Biden. The Adorable Boy Podcast would like to offer an apology on behalf of the American people and the podcast for all that has gone wrong in the United States and the world since his inauguration. Anytown, USA, March 2022. The wildly popular Adorable Boy Podcast offers a sincere, a sincere and heartfelt apology to Joe Biden for the American people's array of mistakes during his presidency. From rising gas prices to increased inflation, the American people have failed this lifelong politician. Hey, adorable boy Spud declared, it was once thought that politicians worked for the people. Somewhere along the line that changed. 
So I figure, while we're doing apologies, we might as well apologize to the old man. It'll save us some time. End quote. In addition to the adorable boys, in addition, the adorable boys apologized that Joe couldn't contain the coronavirus. I quote Spud. While he was campaigning, he promised to end the pandemic. But as it turns out, more people died while he was president than while Trump was president. But none of that matters, I guess. I'm sorry, Joe. I'm sorry, Hunter. I'm sorry, whoever. End quote. The Adorable Boy podcast hopes that the president will accept our apology and our deeply held belief that Hunter Biden's laptop doesn't exist and never has. He has never owned a laptop in his life, specifically the one that has pictures of him naked. The Adorable Boy, trace, Adorable Boy podcast traces its roots back more than three decades to the Adorable Boy radio show that was syndicated on multiple stations throughout the country. They were removed from the radio after the controversial Switch for a Switch contest in which a listener was horribly mutilated by a back alley madman posing as a doctor. There we go. Apology out of the way. We're free to continue with the merriment that the only the adorable boys can bring. Let's see what... Oh, okay. So let's see. We got a package. We got a package from the uh, adorable boy fugitive, whoever it is. We dusted it for prints. I guess they wore gloves. No prints whatsoever. Or, you know, they had a way to wipe it clean, whatever. Either way, we can't identify them. But they sent us three things. One's audio and then two packages that I was instructed not to open until after I play the audio. So here we go. I'm going to play the audio and then we'll read the letter or a little bit of the letter. And then we'll, you know, we really got to figure out where the adorable boy is. We have to find him. We must. We must catch this fugitive. All right. So let's see. Let me play this. Let me cue that up, Frank and Means, please. Okay. Here we go. This is from the adorable boy fugitive. He wanted some sugar, so I bought him this heath. But he had trouble eating it. Because I took all his teeth. Okay, now obviously the voice is disguised, like the unthinking mob guy used to do. Hmm, wonder if that's a clue. But anyway, uh, there's other packages. I'm going to open one. Let me just get this here. All right. Looks like a Heath bar, but like a candy bar, but it has blood all over it. That's weird. All right, now we'll open this next package. I don't know whose blood that is. Okay. Oh, boy. It's just a whole bunch of teeth. He must have he must have pulled the adorable boy's teeth. Oh. What a what a scoundrel. Adorable boy, if you can hear my voice, when you get back, we will get you dental implants. We will not let you go on without teeth. Oh my goodness. What a what a sicko this fugitive is. We just want the adorable boy back. We need him. Fugitive. If if you have any kind of a heart. Bring him back. Let us get him some medical attention. Who knows what you're doing to him? He's probably probably dehydrated. Oh, my heart breaks for you, adorable boy fugitive. But the show goes on. Uh, we had Randy the Rocket Rosenthal send in a uh, a promo he cut, which has to do actually with the dummy that's uh, staying on hold. He called in. We'll get to we, I've decided we probably will pick him up this time, but maybe I'll change my mind. But either way, uh, let's hear Randy the Rocket Rosenthal's um, address to the uh What's it? Potato? Potato salad podcast? Something about potatoes, I think. Okay. And oh, let me just explain who Randy is for the new Adorable Boy Disciples. Um, he's, a, he's a legendary wrestler. I'm sure you know who he is. Fought all over the world, won championships. You know, major celebrity. One of the greatest wrestlers ever, Randy the Rocket Rosenthal. Special move is the Rocket's red glare. And he's just, um, he's, he's a wonderful human being. And he's become a friend of the podcast. As you can see through this lovely his lovely words that are about to ensue so here we go randy the rock of rosenthal 
and his promo on uh, some angry podcaster. You know, the rocket has slept all over this world to entertain his fans and fight for justice. So many people ask the rocket, why do you do it? What motivates you to be the most legendary figure the art has seen? Where do you get the spa to be the best? Is it the championships? The accolades? The pleasure of knowing that you're better than everyone else? You know, while all those things are great, the Rocket does what he does because he cares about truth and justice. When the Rocket sees injustice, he doesn't think, he doesn't wait, he acts. And you know, I was listening to my favorite podcast last week, the one I'm speaking on right now. And I heard a particular schlemiel get on there and kvetch about a more successful podcast. He challenged the host of the Adorable Boy podcast. He challenged you, Spud. This Schmedrick had the gall to challenge you. He said awful things. Then he called in and he acted like a schlemiel. He failed. He looked stupid. But the rocket just had to put his two cents in after that shlomo shande. He has to let his thoughts be known. So Potato Podcast, you're messing with the wrong mensch. If you think you're going to get your guilt by doing a terrible podcast, you got another thing coming, Goy. It's not kosher. The podcast will humiliate you verbally. And if you're man enough to step in the ring for a match with the Rocket, I got a red glare waiting for your tuchus. Followed by the one, two, three. You'll be counting lights, boy. Then, maybe you'll learn a shtickle of respect for your superiors, Mashugana. And as you all know, all I need is rocket fuel and this body that makes the girls drool. Back to you, Spud. Never has there been a truer friend than the rocket. Thank you, Rocket. I really appreciate that. He's, he's nothing, and I wouldn't even... I don't think he can wrestle, so he's not going to get in the, in the ring with you. But, you know... I'm just I'm trying to help him really just like I'm trying to help Jim Cornette. He they just won't be helped. They won't. Anyway. All right, how about some adorable boy advice? Are we ready for that? As we round out this show, and then we'll get to the news and you know, everyone will be happy. All right. Adorable boy got a letter. This is a weird one. It's kind of uninspired. I'm not really into this one, but you know. What are you going to do? It starts off, Dear Adorable Boys, I just started a romantic dalliance with a young lady. I'm quite fond of her and found no reason to complain until just days before the construction of this letter. I was sitting on my recliner watching TV and organizing my collection of petrified lizard corpses, as I do every Wednesday night. Uh, now that I've... Oops. Hold on one second. Lost the letter. There we go. Oh, wait. Where'd it go? There it is. All right. Now that I've set the calming scene for you, you will understand how horrified I was when my new girlfriend walked in full of vim and vigor, screaming at me that she hates my hobby and that it's weird to collect corpses. She left in a huff, and when she called three days later, I told her I need some time. I assume her, her a grand apology is forthcoming, but I don't know if I can be with someone who's going to have such an irrational reaction to me exercising my hobby. What do you think, Spud? Should I give her another chance, or is this emotionally unstable woman an explosion waiting to happen? Confused in Reading. Listen, uh, if she can't handle your hobby then I don't you know if if it bothers you that much I think you already know the answer you can't be with her 
and and I'm sure that's hard, but you know, I I don't know why you're collecting lizard corpses. Seems kind of boring. I don't know where you get them. I don't I don't really care about any of this. But I don't know. It seems like you know what you want to do. You called an explosion waiting to happen. So set her free. Let her let her move on to someone with a less less corpse collecting hobby. I'm not saying that your hobby some their hobby can't have any corpse collecting, but just less. If you're doing it every Wednesday night, I can't imagine the amount of lizard corpses you have. All right. I hope we get a better letter next week. It's kind of boring. Okay. Now, the news. A lot of stuff going on. One of the biggest stories is that um, back in 2020, or the election time, a story was released that someone had Hunter Biden's laptop. He misplaced it, and this guy had it and had a lot of stuff on it, including emails and stuff that were pretty inflammatory. And Joe Biden addressed it in the debates. He addressed it back then. He said it was Russian misinformation. Yet, almost two years later, we find out that the laptop was real and existed. Even the the New York Times confirmed that this laptop existed. Now, I don't know what's on the laptop. There's a lot of, you know, speculation. But it it doesn't matter as much because they lied about it. Joe Biden was asked about this laptop and didn't say, oh, it has nothing on it or, or whatever. He said it didn't exist. It wasn't true. He said it was Russian misinformation. And we know that's not true. Now, Trump got impeached twice for a lot less. I'm sure that's not going to happen here because that's not how, you know, they roll. I I just don't understand, though. I don't understand. I mean, you know, maybe I'm stupid because this is what always happens. This is going to be swept under the rug. People are going to talk about it. People are going to derive crazy conspiracy theories. Yet something is true about this laptop. Why did they lie about it? Why did they deny it? It's my question. And why? I mean, if you look at you looked at social media, you couldn't even mention this on Twitter or Facebook or probably other ones, or you would get banned. A lot of people got banned. I don't even think Facebook allowed you to listen to to say it. Why were they in on it? What is this? We keep getting these clues as to things that are going on, corruption and and all of this stuff, hiding things from the American people, and every single one just goes into the wind. And in a month. You know, a lot of people, it's Biden supporters, idiots. Not every Biden supporter is an idiot, but, you know, I don't know. It's becoming clearer and clearer that you really can't support him if you're really thinking. But anyway, in a couple of months, just like with, if you remember uh, Hillary's email scandal and Benghazi, now all they say is, oh, but Benghazi, but Benghazi. But something actually happened there. There was a written request for more security that was denied, and then people were killed in the embassy, if you're familiar with Benghazi. And all people say, oh, but Benghazi, but like it's a stupid conspiracy theory. It's like someone coming into your house and burning it down. And then a month later, you say to him, hey, I'm really not happy with how you burned down my house. And then they say, oh, it's always about your house. When are you going to let that go? Never. You burned it down. And that's what this is like. It's, oh, the emails, the emails, the emails of Benghazi. No, but those are real things that were never really settled except for Benghazi, which seems like. And, you know, I don't know everything. I'm not, I don't have classified information. But it seems like there was something went very wrong. Now, you know, was it criminal? I don't know. I mean, hiding it probably is. But this is yet another thing where in a month, oh, but Hunter's laptop, Hunter's laptop. It's a serious thing. They lied about it. No matter what's on it now, it doesn't matter. I'm sure there's something on it. Something incriminating. But the fact that they just outright lied about it 
And, and not only that the president did, unless the president didn't know about it, but let's be honest. I mean, I imagine that he did. I don't know that he did. I'm going to assume that he lied, that he knew about this laptop. But not only did, did people probably lie, I mean, definitely, the, the news lied and they covered it up because they said it didn't exist and now they're saying that it does. This is, I mean, it really is one of the most amazing things that these, this, this party, this family, you know, and by family, I mean, not only the Bidens, but the whole, you know, the whole democratic establishment gets away with this stuff. They just sweep it right under the rug. And they only do it because one, their supporters want them to. They don't care about being lied to. They just care about, I don't know what the heck they care about actually. But there's that side of it. There's, and then there's the right side who doesn't actually do anything about any of this, any of this stuff. Some people try, but as a whole, they don't. They ignore it. Probably because it will somehow lead to their incrimination also. But So that's the news. Uh, Joe Hunter Biden's laptop is real despite the fact that it was said to be false by Biden. And now whether he knew it was false or not, we don't know. But I mean, come on. To take a a quote from Joe Biden. Come on, man. Um, we know that we know that that large organizations aided the cover up in this, unless they didn't know it was real. But how how would they? Because it was real, unless someone lied to them about it. But again, come on, you can sell that one to Corn Pop if you want, but I'm not buying it. They're li- they lied to us, and they continually lie to us, and we know it. When are we going to do something about it? We're going to hold them accountable. We need we need honest politicians. That's what we need. I don't know if we'll ever get it. We have some, I guess. We need more. We need someone to, to hold them accountable, hold the press and, and the people in the government for lying outright to us. How different would that election have gone if the things on that laptop were known? I don't know. And, you know, I don't support the government regulating businesses. I don't. I really don't. And Facebook and Twitter, I think they can do whatever they want. But this is a, a, a breach of morality. You can't, you can't lie about this stuff. And, and I'm not saying I want the government to shut them down, but we as a people should realize what's going on here. And I think a lot of us do. And the Adorable Boy podcast is, in my opinion, spearheading that. That, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> I lost my train of thought there. All right, and then we have the Ukraine war. Russia's still invading Ukraine. It's not going great for them, I guess, but, you know, they're, they're making progress. Uh, let's see what the latest is. Um, and then you have, you know, it's, it's really, it's, it's annoying because you don't know what to think because you don't know what, what, what's being told you is true or not. Uh, they're pushing further into Ukraine. They're apparently hitting civilian targets. And, you know, anyone, as, as I said before, anyone who, questions anything is called a Putin lover but I mean the bottom line Putin is killing people the Russia is killing people and no matter what their 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 beef is whether it even has any merit or not it doesn't matter because you can't do this this is immoral it, you're taking lives you're killing civilians you're and then you know the threat of of the nuclear war and as I said before it's very depressing you know and then we have China and and any other enemies that we have watching this 
And who knows what'll that'll kick off. The adorable boys all hope it ends peacefully. We'll see, I guess. We hope we don't we don't get the war that we that so many seem to want. I know, you know, and then there's no you should we help the Ukraine? I, yeah. I mean the extent we should go. What I don't I have no idea. None. But it seems like they're holding strong, if I can believe what's being said out there. So, all right, what else is in the news? Um, people want to defend pipe to defund pipelines um, as oil prices and energy prices on the whole soar. A lot of Hollywood uh, people want to do this while they ride in their jets and waste fuel because what the heck do they care? The adorable boys are millionaires, but we understand the plight of of the of the of the average Joe. We understand these people in Hollywood have lost touch. Sickening, sickening. Biden called Putin a war criminal. Um, a trans swimmer, Leah Thomas, won the national title. I mean, I just can't bring myself to even care about sports anymore. I used to. I don't really anymore. So, it's just so trivial, in my opinion. The right and the wrong of it, who knows? I mean, I do, but I know everything. Yeah, that's it, you know. War. It's it's the same news every week. War, corruption, fear, death, whatever. All right, let's get to this idiot on the phone and the show with another call from this idiot. This guy, he's very uh, hostile on Twitter, and I've treated him with nothing but, you know, ha- with nothing but kindness. Trying to help the poor man. And he does a podcast with something about potatoes or something. I don't know. Maybe he's a farmer. But he called in last week and he just made no sense. And then he was on a bus, so his phone stunk. The sound quality. It probably it probably literally stunk too. I assume everything this guy owns stinks. But anyway, he's calling back this week. Hopefully he's on a better line. He had to end because he had to go to the bathroom. Hopefully he's hopefully he's emptied his bowels. So yeah, let's pick him up, uh, Frank and Beans. Potato Podcast. You have your time on the Adorable Boy podcast. Do what you will. Come on, have a conversation. Don't be scared. I'm here to help. Hi. Yeah, so what can I do for you, Potato? What do you want? Please, just make some damn sense. How are you? I'm a little annoyed. You know, I give you valuable time on my podcast, and all you do ever do is just not say anything. Think of something funny, something witty, please. My sunglasses were damaged. That's not my problem. I didn't damage your sunglasses. Don't accuse me of that. I'm giving you your chance to to say something, to, to save some kind of face, to have some kind of dignity. You come on Twitter and you say all this stuff, and then in real life, would I have you on the phone here, Mr. Potato Podcast? This You, you don't even talk. I'm sick of it. You're probably a cornet listener, aren't you? Now please get your mother. I, no, you're not talking to my mother. You have no reason or right. You're not worthy to talk to Edna Adorable. You hear me? You're not worthy. Who the hell am I? You're a confused podcaster. A very confused podcaster. Listen, man, if you got nothing, you know, I gave you another chance. Just say goodbye and we'll be done with this and you can leave me alone. You can stop messaging me and you can stop obsessing over me, okay? Can we, can we do that? Who told you you can eat my cookies? I didn't eat your cookies. I'm going to have to cut this off. You're losing your mind. Jamie, 
Please. Name's not Jamie Sport. It's Spud. And uh, that's it. All right, goodbye. I mean, if you ever have something to say, go ahead and call up and embarrass yourself some more, I guess. Well, what an eventful end to the Adorable Boy podcast. Um, I, I don't know how many more times that guy's going to call and say nothing. Well, whatever. We got a lot done today. We, uh, we did Cornettober, defending one of uh, the number one Adorable Boy disciples. Necessary. Very necessary. What else did we do? We gave Joe Biden some uh, tips on how to uh, handle the Russia situation. We gave you some tips on how to translate your fear and hatred for COVID to the war. Listen back to the replay if, uh, if you want to hear all that. We start. We visited uh, radio legend Anthony Cumia. We talked about uh, Angel of a Man. Uh, what else did we do? Did the heartfelt apology. Got a disturbing package from The Fugitive. Randy the Rocket Rosenthal gave us his promo, which was just dynamite. And I guess Potato Podcast won't be uh, answering his challenge. What else did we do? Adorable race theory. Adorable boy theory. I'm sorry. I keep saying that by mistake. I don't know why. Um, you know, and we'll talk about that more in the coming weeks. I think that's a real movement that's going to be taking hold. As always, I want to thank you, Adorable Boy Disciples. I want to thank each and every one of you for what you bring to the table. And know that I will protect you from the cow towers. As you see, uh, the, that angry podcast guy just called and really said nothing. Mm, I'm sure he'll get back on Twitter and talk about us. He's pretty obsessed with us, but whatever. You know, that's, that's what you sign up for as a voice for generation. So, you know, we know how to handle it. So next week, we got a lot planned for you. I can't wait to get into it. New apology, new bits, everything. And it's going to be what you expect. What you've come to expect from the Adorable Boys. Thank you, everyone, for listening. New Adorable Boy disciples by the week. It's just a wonderful thing. The word is spreading. So this is Adorable Boy Spud, and I'm signing off. Until next time on the Adorable Boy Podcast.